Hello, good evening and welcome back to the Chronicles of Aguna, the Arsenal podcast brought to you by the last man standing with loserpool.com. Head over to loserpool.com, check out the brand new website. It's much more easy to navigate and there is some fantastic blog content going up on there now as well for you guys to enjoy whilst you're playing the game. And it might even help you make some of your decisions from week to week. We are live, so a big hello to everybody who is currently tuned in via YouTube. And a big hello, of course, to those who are joining us later on via the audio. Don't forget to subscribe, leave us a review. You know the drill by now. I am joined this evening by a very familiar face, um, a very popular guest uh, nowadays, Mr. James Cook. Welcome back to the show, mate. How are you? I'm very well. Uh, thanks, mate. Thanks for having me on. No problem. Anytime. You know, you're always welcome. Now, we're going to start off with the big news today. Um, it was a deal that first it was on, then it was off, then it was on again, and it's finally been completed. Arsenal have uh, captured Pablo Marie on a loan initially with a view to making that a permanent deal. Um later on so at the end of the season that is what we're being told um little bit of confusion around whether it's an option to buy or an obligation to buy because so many people are reporting different things flamengo said one thing arsenal said something else gonna go with arsenal's explanation seen as we're arsenal fans um and just take it for what it is i mean the fact that arsenal have gone out to get this player kind of means that they probably think he's he's good enough for the longer term. Would you not agree, James? I'd say that it's probably nailed on that he is going to sign on a permanent deal. Would you not agree? Um, I don't know, to be honest, mate. Uh, he's a player that Mikel Arteta is familiar with from his time at Manchester City. He's gone to the Brazilian League and absolutely torn it up. But we know the Brazilian League is a completely different kettle of fish to Europe. So it's going to be interesting to see how he adapts coming into the Premier League. Um, I'm excited by it. I think it's... I don't think it's a gamble. I don't think it's a massive risk. I sincerely hope it works out. And I think the club are very much inclined to think that way as well, given that they've got the option to buy there as well. Um, but I think it's very much going to be a see how it goes sort of process over the next five months. Interesting. See, I think that I, I get it. And I think that there will be a sort of see how it goes process on there. But I would probably, if I had to guess, I would say that Arsenal are confident that this deal will turn into a longer term thing. I think that finances have kind of forced us into this position where we've had to go with a loan and an option to buy later on. I just think that maybe, I don't necessarily think Arsenal maybe would have gone out and done this deal if they didn't, at least for the time being, believe that Pablo Marie um, had a longer term future at Arsenal than just you know, between now and the end of the season. I'm going to share the screen um, for those of you that are watching us on YouTube because we've brought up some interesting information um, on Pablo Marie. Of course, James mentioned there that he was at Manchester City and that is absolutely true, but he did go out on loan three times. Um, the first time to Girona in Spain, the second time to NAC Breda in the Netherlands and the third time to Deportivo La Coruña before eventually joining Flamengo for one and a half million pounds. So, from Flamengo's perspective, they've already um, made some profit on this guy, you know, even just from the loan fee. Um, so you can understand why they've they've allowed him to go. Did play, of course, in the World Club Championship final for the Brazilians against Liverpool. Um, I'll be honest with you, it's really difficult, isn't it, to pass judgment on a player based on one or two games that you may have seen him playing. Um, he's a left-footed centre-back. We understand that Mikel Arteta was keen on bringing someone in there. Um, James, 
in terms of the left-footed centre-back thing, do you think it's very important? Because we've seen in the last few games in particular that Granit Xhaka seems to drop into like a third central defensive position on the left to allow him to A, have more space and time on the ball and B, to allow the, the wing-back to push up and double up with Gabriel Martinelli on the left. So is it that important that you have a left-footed centre-back? Do you think that was a must when Arsenal were looking for this player or do you think it's just something that they preferred and it happened to be the case with Pablo Marie? I don't think it's something that is a be-all or end-all, but I think it is something that is going to benefit ultimately how we play because it just adds a bit more balance to the sides. The last left-footed centre-half we actually signed, I believe, was Thomas Vermaelen, which shows how few and far between they've been and virtually every other centre-half we've got at the club, apart from Medley who barely features in the team at all, is is right-footed. So it's, I think it's something that is going to bring a different dynamic to our game. I don't think it's something that is essential, overly important, but it is something that just gives us another option at centre-half. Yeah, absolutely. Um, aside from Pablo Marie, of course, Arsenal played Bournemouth the other night. We haven't had a chance to do a podcast since then. Before we come on to look at... Um, some of the other rumours and the other links that, of course, Arsenal are being linked with at the moment. Let's just touch on the Bournemouth game. Summarise how you felt after that Bournemouth game and then I'll, I'll sort of share my thoughts and, and what I took away from it. After the first half, mate, I felt absolutely ecstatic. I think uh, the FA Cup for us, I, I know that it, it's something that people don't regard as prestigious as the Premier League, the Champions League. Rightly so. I mean, it's not. it doesn't quite hold the same value as those competitions. But as an Arsenal fan, particularly at this moment in time, this is a massive competition for us. And I think Mikel Arteta recognises that by the team he played. I think if we were to win a trophy this season, the FA Cup would be perfect for this group of players that admittedly haven't won a lot of silverware. It would really unite a lot of the young players who I think are already very much united, but it would really help bring that winning mentality to a group of players that haven't really had that at a senior level yet. So I think it would be brilliant for us. I'm really heavily emotionally invested in it. And I'm a little bit, I wouldn't say insulted, but um, I think that what Jurgen Klopp has said in the, in the aftermath of their game against Shrewsbury, fair enough, play the kids, but what he said about not managing the game himself... It's a job he's paid tens of millions of pounds a year to do. I think it's laughable that he's he's not not taking charge of that game. Um, but full respect to Mikel Arteta for the strength of the team he plays and full respect to the young kids that scored on the night as well and Ketia, Saka. And let's not forget Reese Nelson in the previous round against Leeds. So at the minute, it's all of our young players taking us, taking us through to the uh, latest stage of the, of the tournament. I'm really looking forward to that game against Pompey. Um, and I think it's just it's just so exciting seeing this Arsenal team develop. That first half was just just a joy to watch. Really, really good football. Bournemouth were really poor. They let us dominate the game, control possession. Second half, particularly in the latter stages, you see where our problems still lie. We are still capable of giving away a goal. But if we're at, at the moment, if we're capable of scoring more in the first half, then that's less of a concern. But I do still think until we've got that fitness level up, until we've got a bit more of assurance as centre-half, then I do think conceding a goal every game is pretty much a, not inevitability, but a very real possibility. Yeah, absolutely. I totally agree with you. And just touching on that point about Jurgen Klopp, I think you're absolutely right. I've got no issue with Jurgen Klopp prioritising the Premier League and the Champions League. You know, Liverpool are on course to win their first title for 30-odd years. So I get that. I get why that's a priority. I get why the Champions League would even be put ahead of the FA Cup because it is Europe's premier competition. But the fact that he doesn't want to manage the game, I think is pathetic. And I think that the FA should come down on him for that because he's showing a complete and utter disrespect to the competition. Nobody's saying that he has to make it his number one priority. 
But to completely turn his nose up at it in such a public fashion for me is just a disgrace. And it will will have damaged the, the, the brand of the cup, particularly to those that are, you know, watching from abroad and maybe, you know, haven't experienced it firsthand. But, you know, domestic cup competitions in other countries are kind of looked down upon. And, and the FA Cup never had that. The FA Cup always had that, you know, that prestige that maybe the Coppa Italia or the Coppa del Rey, for example, don't have. So for Jurgen Klopp to, to do what he's doing and say what he said for me is is a disgrace. And I'm, I'm not happy about that either. Um, in terms of my thoughts on the Bournemouth game, I think what you've said is absolutely bang on. I think that Arsenal started the game very encouragingly. Um, I've spoken in the last couple of weeks about some tactical tweaks that we're beginning to see under Mikel Arteta. He probably tried to implement them from the beginning, but as I've said before, when he came in, it was a difficult time. It was the Christmas period. There was games every couple of days. Now he's had a bit of time on the training ground. I think we're starting to see those those things develop. And I think Arsenal's left-hand side is really interesting because of what I mentioned, you know, Xhaka dropping in almost like a left-back. Saka then being able to push on, whether it's Saka or Kolasinac, Whoever it is, is able to do that. Um, and it just creates that little bit of an overload on that that flank. And I've been interested that it's not really happened on the other side um, as often. And maybe that's a ploy. Maybe that Mikel Arteta sees it as you can only do it effectively and keep the balance if you do this on one side. And he feels that the left is the one to do it on. Because I think as well as he's played in the last couple of games, Hector Bellerin's been a little bit more conservative than we've seen uh, in the past. So that's that's been interesting to watch and see how that unfolds. Like you said, Arsenal always have a tendency to concede a goal, but the encouraging thing is that we're not giving away as many chances. And I think Mikel Arteta will be happy with that. And he'll probably feel that the team have been a bit unlucky in the sense that when they do concede a chance at the moment, it seems to always result in a goal. And that's really, really frustrating. But of course, if you concede less chances over the course of time, that should uh, help and, and it should improve things. So that's sort of my take on that game. James, I want to get your take on another transfer rumour that is uh, being heavily reported uh, today as well. We've heard about Pablo Marie. We know that he's here. I'm not going to bore you guys uh, with the details of the announcement because we are doing this uh, a little bit later on in the day. I'm sure that people have seen it. I'm sure that people have been on Arsenal.com and seen the big, big splash on the homepage, which you can see now on your screens. If you're watching us on YouTube, you know, welcome to London, etc., etc. There's a little interview with him and a video as they always do uh, when a player comes in. So like I said, not going to bore you with that. But we are being linked with another player, and he's a Premier League-based player, and that is Southampton's Cedric Suarez. Now, he's being linked with a move to Arsenal before the transfer window closes. First of all, were you surprised to hear this, and is he somebody that you'd welcome? Surprise! I was surprised to hear it in the sense that, honestly, I didn't think we'd be signing anyone on a permanent deal this window. So it's... It's quite, it, I wouldn't say exciting is the word, but it's it's encouraging to see us bringing in a player um, on a permanent transfer. And I think it's a very shrewd bit of business from Arsenal. I think it's a it's a smart idea as well. This is a player that at the minute isn't exactly in favour at Southampton. They've got Jan Valery who's tearing it up there. They've got no real needs to have Suarez on the books. Um, he's a player with over 100 Premier League, experience, um, Premier League caps. So he's very experienced in the league. And I think it just makes sense. He's he's not someone that I, I assume is going to start ahead of Hector Bellerin, but it gives Ainsley Maitland-Niles an opportunity to play either on the wing or in midfield, wherever he sees himself or Arteta sees him. And he's a good um, he's a good deputy. He's, he's a perfect 
player to to be there if Bellerin's out for, uh, for potentially a game against Portsmouth, for example. He's a good player to step in, take the weight off Bellerin. Experienced, 28 years old, coming up to 29. Um, it, it, it's a good it's a good backup for me, and it's a good bit of business by Arsenal. Yeah, he's a very experienced player, like you said, 28 years old. He's won the European Championships as well um, with Portugal. People always talk about uh, Premier League experience, and that is something that he does have. Um, you know, there's no denying that. He's played 120 times in the Premier League for Southampton to date, managed 11 assists in that time, just the one goal, but he is a right back. So, you know, we're not going to go overboard on him for that. Um, I think it would be... I don't know. It, it seems like a strange one to me because when I think about it, I think of Ainsley Maitland-Niles being able to play it right back now. I think of Hector Bellerin being back. And I think about the fact that when Callum Chambers eventually returns from this, this horrible injury that he sustained, he's another option at right back if you really need to plug a hole. So given that, is it a priority position in terms of going out and needing to sign someone there? I, I'm not 100% sure on that. But I do think that, you know, maybe it could mean that Ainsley Maitland-Niles' future lays elsewhere. Maybe Mikel Arteta's seen that in the short time he's been at Arsenal. And that's why he's decided to go down the route of bringing in another right back. Like I said, it is just speculation at the moment. There is nothing concrete. We've not had it confirmed um, at all. So, you know, I'm not sitting here telling you that I'm in the know. I know a lot of people like to do that on social media. Um I'm not saying that for a second, but there are uh, increasing reports regarding this potential move. Now, James, uh, I'm going to ask our listeners now, those of you that are tuned in, if you want to drop a question in the live chat box, do it now. Um, and then we're going to be coming to those in a couple of minutes time. But just another transfer story um, that is uh, gathering momentum today involves a former Arsenal player. And I wanted to get your thoughts on this. Now, Olivier Giroud is apparently open to making a move to Tottenham Hotspur, of course, out of he was out of favour at Arsenal, moved on to Chelsea, found himself out of favour there as well. Tottenham are in desperate need of a sort of, uh, I don't want to say a fill-in striker because I think Olivier Giroud is a little bit better than that, but they need somebody who can plug the hole while Harry Kane is out. They need somebody who's a little bit of a target man. Is First of all, do you think that he can do a job there? And how do you feel about it? Because I've seen some angry reactions from Arsenal fans in regards to this. Do I think he can do a job there? Definitely. He's he's a very experienced Premier League player. Age is not on his side, but that's not really a problem. As we've seen, he's still playing regularly for France. He just seems to be out of favour at Chelsea. They seem to have gone for the more pacey, direct player, the likes of Abraham Bashway. Um, so I think Giroud, just for tactical reasons, isn't getting in the team there. So I think, yeah, he could do a job at Tottenham. How I feel about it, to be honest, I don't really care. <laughs> I don't. Re I really don't care. Um, I've pretty much forgotten about his existence, given the lack of minutes he's played this season. Um, I was buzzing for him when he won the World Cup, even though he was a Chelsea player. I was, I was really happy for him when he won the World Cup, to be honest. Um, as a human being, you know, I don't think anyone deserves it more than him at that moment in time because he's come from nowhere. He didn't get his career started until he was really in his mid-20s, was slated at Arsenal in his first season. And to now be a regular in the France team, to lead them to a World Cup, where I don't think he scored any goals, but he still um, was a big part of that team. Um, really pleased for him there. But after the Europa League final, a uh, complete lack of class from him. Couldn't care less what he does now. Yeah, agree. Uh, I agree. You know, we talk about the lack of class in the Europa League final. I mean, a lot of people took issue with that. I didn't really because, I, I mean, if, you are, if you're expecting a player not to celebrate a goal in a European Cup final, 
then I mean we're taking no, not, not, not the goal. I mean what he did on the bus. I haven't yeah, got a problem uh, with him again. Bus. I mean, again, is it to me? It wasn't that big a deal. I know a lot of people got upset by it, and I understand why. It just to me, it wasn't that that big of an issue, and and I just think that you know we moved him on because he wasn't necessarily good enough we got Aubameyang in we had Lacazette and he was deemed surplus to requirements and yes he's gone on and won a World Cup which is great but there are people in France that will tell you they don't know how he gets in that team ahead of some of their other strikers um you know Chelsea don't particularly uh fancy him anymore so yeah I mean look it, it wasn't ideal and as an Arsenal fan you never want to see him mock your club on the on the bus and the way he did it and stuff, but I didn't really take that much issue with it. And I don't really have any ill feelings towards him. If he does join Spurs, like you said, who really gives a shit? I mean, you know, we obviously felt it wasn't good enough. He's only going to be there for a, what a couple of months before he'll find himself sitting on their bench. So maybe they got more comfortable seats at the new Spurs ground compared to Stanford bridge. Who knows? Um, who knows? Let's go over to some of the live comments. Um, Big hello to Omar, who's tuned in. He says, I'm good. Thank you, mate. Uh, how hope you're well and hope you had a good birthday as well. Omar was celebrating his birthday the other day. Um, evening to Frank Gunner. Um, let's see who else we've got. Uh, Frank Gunner also goes on to say, oldest cup competition in the world. I love it. That's when we're talking about the FA Cup. Taib says, Marie seems like a decent signing. Vegard says, hello, Harry. I'm very excited about Marie. Greetings from norway um let's see what else we've got here so many i'm just scrolling through these comments uh, to catch up um what else have we got um do uh avon teddington says do these defensive signings mean mikola matvienko is dead james uh, what's your take on that do you think that it's possible arsenal would do a deal my view was that there was never really a deal on the cards purely because of the money Shakhtar are asking for yeah, I mean, that this deal was never really spoken about as much as the Marie deal. So uh, it's exactly what you say, Harry. I think it was 34 million quid. Um, I, I can't see Arsenal being in a position to pay that at the moment. Yeah, agreed. Uh, Pachin says, greetings, Harry. Do you think that the Everton Suarez, or Cedric Suarez signing is to get Maitland-Niles into the centre midfield? He has developed his defensive prowess and will do a good job in a centre midfield role. What's your take on that, James? I think that Mikel Arteta maybe feels... Uh, that Ainsley Maitland-Niles' future is elsewhere now, uh, not necessarily at right back. And if Suarez was to come in, then that would kind of make sense. What's your view on that? Yeah, definitely, mate. Um, with Suarez coming in, I think it's not just Maitland-Niles that's going to benefit it, it, it from it, but someone like Callum Chambers, like you previously mentioned, when he does eventually get back into the side, it means that he can develop as an out-and-out centre-half, which... I certainly think Arteta sees him as. He played there in every game that Arteta um, practically has had in charge with, with James in the team as well. So I think that's um, that's a great beneficiary of Suarez coming in, but also Maitland-Niles will benefit hugely from it. I'm not entirely sure if his future's in central midfield. I know that we speak about it an awful lot, but how many games has he played there for us? Four, not many. five, not, not many. a lot. And in every one of those games, has he made an impact? Not really. Um, we played Southampton away in the FA Cup a couple of years ago. He played in the midfield there and was was quite good when we had a really good win. But apart from that, he's not really done anything to show me that he's a central midfielder. He's played on the wing for the majority of his Arsenal career, whether it's a fullback or on the wing. He plays out on the wing at Ipswich. I, I think he's a winger. He's called himself a winger in the past, and I'm pretty sure he's got a really good chance to not rival Pepe maybe for that right wing spot, but certainly give him something to think about. 
Absolutely. Uh, Paritosh says, nice to have our passing game back. It is indeed. Um, we've, 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 we're enjoying watching Arsenal again, isn't it? Which was something that did disappear under Unai Emery. I have to say that. I did turn up to games feeling as though it was a bit of a chore and that was the worst thing about it. Uh, Vegard asks, do you think we'll finish in the top four this season, James? <sighs> Tough one, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, I mean... Um... Uh, it's it's really really tough. I, I don't know how to answer that one because I, in football anything is possible, and I'm so encouraged by the football we're playing at the moment. If we can talk, if we can turn these draws into wins, definitely. Um, because if you look at the games Chelsea have got left to play, and look at the games we've got left to play, we've got hell of a lot of lot of bottom ten sides to play. So it's it's very realistic. If you look at our next three games, they're all winnable. Um, Burnley, Everton, uh, I think Newcastle's coming up as well. Um, there's some very winnable results there. Not going to be easy games and stringing three wins together on the bounce is, is like almost near impossible given where we are at the moment. But we do have the capabilities to beat these teams if we do play the way we did in that first half against Bournemouth, if we play like we do, did against Man United in the second half against Chelsea. Um, if we show the resilience and combine that with the exciting passing style of football that we're, we're starting to see again at the Emirates, I I do believe it can be achievable, but for now, given the position we're in, we're ten points behind Chelsea. Um, you know, it, I, if I'm looking at this season compared to previous ones, go back to 2011-12, uh, where it looks kind of dead and buried um, when we were something like twelve points behind Spurs at this stage in the season. So it, it can happen. It can happen, but it's going to take a mighty collapse from Chelsea, and then you've got United that are in the running who have just signed Bruno Fernandez. Uh, well, it's looking like they're going to sign Fernandez. I won't speak too soon. And um, then there's still Tottenham uh, and there's Wolves. You know, there's 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 plenty of teams that are still in the uh, in the offing for this. So it's, it's not going to be easy, and it's not just us that are going to automatically slot into that fourth spot. You you don't know how how well these other teams are going to finish the season. So it's going to be extremely difficult given the position we're in. But all we can do is keep winning and, and maybe we'll do it. Agreed. It's not out of the question. Um, the most difficult thing is going to be putting a run together um, because as we've seen, the other teams will drop points this season. It's just about whether we can put that run together. And, you know, you could find that a run of four or five uh, on the bounce can put you right back in the mix. And so it, all hope is not lost, but it's going to be tough. Um, there's no question about that. And the, the positive thing about Mikel Arteta's tenure so far is that we have become more difficult to beat. Draws have been our problem this season, though. If you look at the league table, I think we've got more draws this season than anybody else. Um, so draws are a problem for the Gunners at the moment. But we seem we feel as though we're closer to turning those into wins rather than being on the other end of it where we're kind of scraping draws. So that's how it feels at the moment. It feels like we're moving in the right direction. And fingers crossed, you know, the more time Arteta has with this squad, uh, the better we can become and the, and the more we can develop. And towards the end of the season, we can pick up a bit of momentum. Um, that brings us to the end of uh, this evening's live edition. My huge thanks to James Cook. Really, really appreciate you coming on at short notice as well. Um, Always good to have you on, mate. And uh, how can people keep up to date with uh, yourself on social media and your YouTube channel? No problem at all, mate. Thanks for having me on, Harry. Um, my YouTube channel is AFC Game by Game and my Twitter is at JECook96. Brilliant stuff. We're going to leave it there, folks. Uh, so just to quickly recap, Arsenal have signed Pablo Marie 
on a loan deal with an option to make it permanent in the summer. Arsenal are being heavily linked with Cedric Suarez of Southampton. The right back is out of favour at St Mary's and could be available this month. Olivier Giroud could be on his way to the shithole. We don't know about that for sure, um, uh, but it sparked some angry reaction from some Arsenal fans. Um, and uh, yeah, that's it for today. We're going to leave it there. Uh, don't forget, if you're watching us on YouTube, like, subscribe, comment. You know the drill by now. If you're listening via the audio, leave us a review on iTunes. That is so, so important. And uh, we'll be back very, very soon with more. Until then, have a good evening and enjoy the uh, Carabao Cup semi-final. <laughs>